Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Remnant. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado. I'm so thankful that you're here today. On today's broadcast, we're going to be talking about if our heart is in the right place. A lot of times, even as believers in Jesus Christ, we can get off. We can get distracted. We can go down some type of rabbit trail, you know, that's not where we need to be. We need to get right. We need to get back into the state of having a clean heart. In fact, David talks about creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. So everybody gets off at a time, but sometimes we need to course correct and we need to get our hearts right. Is that you? Maybe you don't even realize it, but maybe the Lord's going to speak something to you today about this. Having your heart in the right place as a believer. How do we do this? How do we stay focused? Let's talk about this today. Welcome to The Remnant. Let's go. All right, everybody, so thankful that you're here today. I really believe this is going to be something that we need to talk about because I've seen this, and I know you've seen this over the years, where somebody is a good person, they're a Christian, uh, but how many know it's not just about being a good person? It's not just about being nice. Being a Christian isn't just about being nice. Some people think being a Christian is just being nice. That's not being a Christian. Being a Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ. We're a follower of the teaching of Jesus. We're a follower of the word. And we have to understand that sometimes Jesus turned over the tables. He wasn't always nice, but he was loving. He showed the love of God. He, he is love. That's who Christ is. He is love. So very, very kind, yes, but still bold. I mean, look at the Apostle Paul. How many times did, does the Bible say Paul went boldly? He went boldly. So apparently God wants us to be bold. Yes, he does. He also wants us to stand for the truth of the word of God because it's the truth that sets the captive free. And when we get off course or our heart is not in the right place, he wants us to be able to die to our flesh, in fact, daily, and to create a clean heart. That's what David said. Creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. We need to make sure we do that all the time because we get off. I get off, you get off, everybody gets off. Now, there's probably been some people, even in the church, that may have hurt you. Maybe there's somebody over the years, or maybe you're newer in Christ, but you've already been hurt by somebody. And we have to make sure, number one, that we're not operating in a spirit of offense. Because there's some people that just look for anything. You know those types of people? They just look for anything they can to blame and accuse. Because honestly, it gives them an out. It gives them an excuse not to go all in. And so a lot of people are looking for an excuse. They're looking for an excuse not to, you know, stop certain areas of sin or not to, put, you know, to get all in. They're kind of half-stepping, if you will. Um, you know, and of course, God wants us to be all in. In fact, he talks about if you're lukewarm, that he'll spit you out. He also says in the word, depart from me, workers of iniquity, I never knew you. So he wants us to be holy in fact, his word says, be ye holy, for I am holy. He wants us to be set apart. He wants us to come out from among them. He wants us to be consecrated. He wants us to be somebody who actually obeys his commandments. He says, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Yes. So that, that is definitely something he wants us to do. Now, some people say, well, the Old Testament is outdated. No, it's not. He says that I have come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. So what he did was he came to bring us into the new covenant where we don't have to do the sacrifices of animals anymore because he is the eternal sacrificial lamb. 
But he didn't come to abolish the law. He didn't come to abolish the Ten Commandments. He, he didn't say, oh, those are void now. They're not. I mean, they're still in place. You know, we still need to ob- abide by the ways of the, of the word of God. All of it. All of it. Now, obviously, there's going to be some people that are going to say, well, there's Levitical law and different things that we don't abide by. That's the things that Christ came to fulfill. And so there are certain things that the Jewish people had to do in the Old Covenant that we don't have to do now. But that doesn't mean that that the Old Testament is null and void. There's some people that try to talk about that like it's it's true. It's not. Okay, that we have to still understand the Bible in its entirety because that's how we get to know God. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the Word of God. If God didn't want us to know the Old Testament, he just wanted us to know the New Testament, then he would have said that. He would have said it in the Word, like, okay, now it's time to just follow the New Testament. He didn't say that. He said, I have come to fulfill the law, not to abolish the law. So it's important that we understand that, okay? Because there's a lot of stuff that's in the Old Testament that shows us who God is and how he responds to certain things. I mean, look at the children of Israel. We can learn so much because there's nothing new under the sun. History tends to repeat itself. We can learn so much by the children of Israel and the cycles of how they would turn back to God and their land would be healed and restored. And then they would would turn away from God. They would turn to idols and they would go into sin and they would go into captivity. This happened multiple times. And so we need to take all these things to heart. If we understand history, you always think of that saying, a smart man learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from others' mistakes. (laughs) You know, if if we understand history, his story, and we understand the Bible and we get into it, even in the Old Testament, we will avoid many of the same pitfalls that our fellow man has fallen into in the past. How do we have a right heart before the Lord? Well, we've got to have conviction. There's got to be a, a, a relationship with God. We have to be in his presence in order to hear from him. Here, you know, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. If we are a child of the most high God, if we have given our heart to Jesus, we've accepted him in our heart as Lord and Savior, and we desire to be about his will for our life, his business, to walk in the anointing, that we've got to hear from him. Some people tell me, well, I can't hear from him. Then lock yourself in a room, turn on some worship music, get on your knees and say, Lord, I want to hear from you and start crying out to him. I'm not trying to be harsh on you. I'm just saying, God will reveal himself to you. The Bible says clearly, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be added unto you. But what does he want us to do first? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. See, a lot of us think that God is here to fulfill all of our desires. Now, I really believe that if you're in Christ and you're in accordance to his will, that if your desires are in alignment with his desires, he will indeed do that and more, greater things. That's what's so cool about God. He'll do things that you don't even know you needed, things that you didn't even know you wanted. You know, like, like certain people he's brought into my life that, I mean, the relationship has been so amazing. It's like next level. I didn't even think it could be that good. Family members, my spouse. I mean, you know, where God just gives me things I didn't even know I needed. But see, the thing is, is a lot of times the things that I thought I needed weren't even what I needed. Or I was praying a certain way, but it wasn't in accordance to God's will. And he didn't grant that. And it's okay. Because what he did was better. And that's why over time, as I started to mature in Christ, I started to realize, you know, honestly, it's better for me to pray God's will. 
if I pray God's will, that's the best thing I can do because it's going to be the best for me and my situation. And it's going to set me up for success. But how do we have this right heart in God? You know, there's so many different things that we do. We covet other people. We look at what others have. We compare ourselves. And a lot of times we think we got the bad deal. We think, why are they so blessed? Why, why do they have so many things? What, what's going on with them? Why don't I have that? You know, we start to compare and then we get bitter. Bitterness grows root. Why aren't I as tall as that person? Why aren't I as beautiful as that person? You know, that comparison is a big, big no-no. It's a problem. The Bible tells us not to covet. The reason why is because the Bible knew, Jesus knew, God knows that once we start doing that, it puts a seed in our heart of discontent where we start getting angry thinking that we're missing out or we got the bad deal. I know so many people think they got the bad deal, bad deal in a marriage, bad deal in their career, bad deal in life. That's not true. God's promise for you is yes and amen, hope in a future. He said he made you fearfully and wonderfully. He took his time to make you. He made you in a way that only you can be you. You're special, you're unique, but you've got to embrace that. And when you get into the presence of God and you start praising him for what he's done and what he's going to do, that's what actually happens. You come into alignment with his spirit and his promise for you. But you got to come into alignment with that promise means you got to do your part. You've got to set yourself up because a lot of times people are waiting and God is patient and he's waiting on you. He, he told you to do something and you haven't done it yet. Somebody said this to me a long time ago and it always stuck with me. They said, if you're waiting for something from God and he, he's not speaking to you and you're wondering where he is, go back to the last thing he told you to do. Did you do it yet? A lot of times we ignore what God said and then we expect him to continue to do something. And sometimes he will because he's gracious and he's full of mercy. But I have to tell you that if he told you to do something and you didn't do it, you might be in a holding pattern right now because he's patient. He's, he'll wait for you. You know, and so the thing is, is if he's told you to do something, make sure that you do what he told you to do. Obedience is important to God. He really cares about obedience. I often talk about when my wife and I moved from Los Angeles to Nashville, it was scary and it was totally out of our comfort zone. We didn't really want to do it. I told my wife when we got married, I said, I'm called to Hollywood. I'm going to be out here. This is where we're called. And she accepted that. And so when the Lord told us elsewhere, you know, hey, you're going to actually be moving. <laughs> we were both like, wait a minute, what's going on? Then we move and there's a tornado in Nashville. There's a bomb in Nashville. And then COVID hits. Totally uncomfortable. But what did God do? He started opening doors around the nation to speak only he did. I mean, it's like no marketing. We, we, didn't, we were like, what's going on? I started getting invited to different conferences. And not that I didn't do that in the past, but all of a sudden things just started accelerating tremendously. Different radio shows and people were calling me for interviews. And all of a sudden I was on tours and different things. And what, what, what happened? It was obedience. God even opened a way for me to speak at the Grand Old Opry within months that I got to Nashville. How crazy is that? He also uh, arranged a meeting for me to meet with the governor of Tennessee. <laughs> what? I'm not bragging. What I'm doing is I'm bragging on God because what happened was we walked in obedience even when it was uncomfortable. God wants us all to walk in obedience, creating us a clean heart, renew a right spirit. When we start comparing, when we start coveting, when we get out of whack, 
you know, our mind is, is distracted by the millions of things that come up, whether it's the news or people's depression or anxiety or fears or things that people try to project on us, which by the way, is a spiritual thing. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against strongholds and principalities. So if those things try to come on you, guess what? It's a spirit cast it down. What's bound on earth is bound in heaven. What's loosed on earth is loose in heaven. Take authority over that feeling, that spirit that's attacking you, that oppression or that depression or any of that that's trying to attack you. Bind it in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the authority to do that. You have the authority to pull down strongholds. You're in a bad marriage. You're in a bad relationship. Well, the devil's deemed it bad. Is it bad? Is it really bad? The devil says it's bad. Is it bad though? What we have to do is start speaking words of life over the marriage, over the situation. Now, listen, I counsel a lot of people. Sometimes people are in a, in a really bad marriage where they're, they're getting beat up or their spouse has cheated on them. There's certain instances in the Bible where it's okay to get a divorce, by the way. But we try to avoid that as much as possible because God, is, God loves marriage. Marriage is important. The two become one. Marriage and divorce is very, I mean, divorce is like worse than a death in many cases. Many of you have had to walk through that. You know what I'm talking about. But is there life after it? Yes, there is. There's hope. There's always a comeback season in your life. Whatever has happened to you, you've been in jail. You know, you were addicted to alcohol, to drugs. There's always a season available of comeback, but you've got to get in alignment with God's purpose and his calling on your life. And that means sometimes you got to walk into a place where it's uncomfortable. You got to get out of your comfort zone. Sometimes people hold on to bitterness. You know, what happened to you? Well, pastor, I was molested. So I'm messed up now. Pastor, I was, you know, you have no idea what happened. My dad used to beat me. Well, actually, I do have an understanding of that because that used to happen to me. But listen, I, I, every one of us has something that we've had to walk through. A divorce, an abortion, being, being beat up as a child being molested. I mean, shall I go on? There's so many different things that have happened. And, and many of us feel like, you know, only us, we're the only one that understands that. No, you're not. So many people have had this happen to you. And if you haven't, praise God. Praise God that you haven't had to walk through that. But even if you have, guess what? God wants to use those things for his glory. I know that sounds crazy. He wants to turn around what was meant for evil and have it be your testimony and if you embrace what God has, he will heal your heart. See, a lot of us need a heart healing. It's a heart problem. The covetedness, the comparison, the depression, all of it. These are all signs of, of, of a heart issue, a heart issue with God. That's why David said, creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. We need to get in the spirit of God. That's the right spirit, the Holy Spirit. If we're allowing another spirit to influence us, that's why the Bible says test the spirits. It's not of the Lord. It's a lie from the pit of hell over your life, over your situation. There's all these people tell you, you can't do it. I can't. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. You know how many times people told me, my own father told me that. You'll never be a pastor. Just get into retail. Follow my footsteps. He was, you know, I'm not saying he was a bad man, but he didn't have the faith. He didn't have the vision. He didn't understand what God put in my heart. People are not always going to understand what God puts in your heart. They're not always going to look, look at Noah. I mean, come on. It's going to rain. There's going to be a flood. People are like, I don't even see a cloud in the sky. You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. But you know, in your heart, God spoke to you. He put something in your heart. He put a vision. There's a plan. 
He wants you to walk in faith. He wants you to get up out the boat and look at him in the eye and walk on water. What happened when Peter did that? Well, the minute he started thinking about his circumstances around him and started looking at what we would call the reality of the situation, he fell. But when he had his eyes focused on Jesus, he walked on the water. That's what you and I are capable of doing. That's why David said, look, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. Every day we probably need to do this. I mean, I don't know how many times I tell you in my prayer room at night, when my wife is sleeping and my daughter is sleeping, all of a sudden I go into prayer and the Lord starts showing me wickedness in my own heart and things that I was off on and things that I went down a tangent or I was completely distracted. And what it does, when we see the devil, why he wants the saints distracted is because it impedes us and it causes us not to do what we're called to do because we're distracted. So God wants us to to die to our flesh. In fact, he says, do not conform to the things of this world. But what does he say? Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. There's something to this renewing of our mind. And that's found in the spirit of God. You've had a bad day. You've had a bad week. You've had a bad season. And you're wondering why your breakthrough hasn't happened. But see, this is the thing. Do not be conformed to the things of this world. The devil wants us conformed. Look at Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They weren't willing to, 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 to cave or capitulate. They stood. There's something about standing. Some of us need to stand up. We need to stop bowing down to the things of this world. We need to stop bowing down to the pressures. We need to stop bowing down to what the enemy wants us to bow down to. Instead, we've got to have a new, renewed mind, a way of thinking that's empowered by the Holy Spirit where we see through the eyes and the lens of the Word of God and we see through the truth. The righteousness, purity, holiness, what we're capable of doing in Christ. So are we going to get off course? Yeah, like you're going to get off course probably every day. And I'm going to get off course every day. Now, some of us have a little better handle on it. If you're in the word of God, that's where your faith's going to be stronger. Because faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. If you get on the word of God, you're going to go deeper. You're going to be set up for success. You're going to have the tools that you need. That's why it's the offensive weapon in the armor. It's the sword. It's the offensive weapon. Why? Because it sets you up for success and it gets your mind right. But this is the problem is that there's a lot of preachers. There's a lot of Christians. There's a lot of people walking around with their mind in the wrong place. They're focused on something else, what the devil has used to distract them, whether it's a relationship or covetedness or bitterness or depression or fear or anxiety, whatever it is that the devil's using to distract you. Something that happened to you in the past that you can't get over. Something somebody said to you that you can't get over. And God is wanting you to get healed and delivered from this, I believe, today. Creating me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew my mind, Lord. Renew it today. Let me die to my flesh. Let me see through your eyes. Let me get the understanding that you want me to have, Lord. Look at it through a different perspective. See, we can be angry with people. We can want to, you know, get revenge. What does the Lord say? Vengeance is mine. You know how many times when I wanted to get revenge, but I I chose through the strength of the Lord not to? I mean, I was stabbed nine times. Think about how angry that, that made me. My Italian family in New York, they all wanted to come out and take care of the dude. 
But you know what? We chose the high road. No. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. The Lord will fight your battles. He will go before you. He will make a way where it seems like there is no way. Our job is to trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. The Lord directs our path. He guides our steps. He's the potter. We're the clay. He goes before us. He takes us from glory to glory. He is going to get you to where you need to go. Don't ever think for a second that your life is done. Don't ever think for a second that that's it, that God's out of moves. He's never out of moves. He's never out of resources. He's never out of people. If you're lonely, if you're, you're looking for a spouse, he isn't out of, he doesn't, there is no lack in God. There's billions of people in this world and you better believe there's somebody for you. But he's wanting us to renew our mind today, to lay these matters down. Whatever has taken uh, a position of, of idol in our life, over God. He says, there are no gods before me. Lay down the distraction. Lay down the idol. Lay down the thing that's causing you to, to separate from God because who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall peril or sword? Nothing. The only thing that can separate us is us. Our actions, our sins, our desires. That's why he says, create in me a clean heart. David was a, a, basically a murderer. You know, he sent his, his friend to the front line to get killed. Okay, David, David did so many things. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. I mean, he did so many different things. But what did he do? He was a good repenter. He knew how to repent. He knew, he knew to get his heart right, to create a clean heart, to get on his face before the Lord and cry out to God. This is what God wants of us, especially in these times. Especially in these times when things are, the pressure's on. The pressure's on. People are accusing us. They're trying to find any little thing that they can find on us so that they can make themselves feel better. There's accusers out there. People back, backstab us. There's people in the church that hurt you. What do you do? Well, see, the whole thing is that it's never been about us looking to the church. The church is, is the body of the, of the, you know, the Lord. He's the head and, and, and we're the body. So we don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren just because some, you know, for lack of a better word, moron hurts you. Forgive that person and move on. That person's broken. Don't blame the church for what that person did, even if it's multiple people, even if it's some pastor somewhere, quote, unquote, pastor. You know what? They're going to have to answer for their actions. I have to answer for mine. You have to answer for yours. They're going to stand before the throne one day and have to answer for theirs. But the whole thing is this thing is about a relationship between us and God. It's between us and God. It's not between the church and us. The church is a place where we're part of the body of Christ. He comes back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for the people that hunger and thirst for righteousness. We don't want to leave the body just because somebody hurt us. Somebody said something. Somebody did something stupid. They fell into sin. Stop blaming the other people. Just, you know what? They're going to deal with that. They have to stand before God. So do you. Our heart's got to be in the right place. You know, some people, they, they compare themselves to the ministry that God's given my wife and I. Don't compare yourself. Look, you don't know the warfare that we deal with behind the scenes. You don't know all the other stuff. All you do is you see a picture and you think, oh, it's glamorous. No, it's not. It's not glamorous. Not at all. But see, people have a picture. They have an image and they covet. They think, oh, 
If I could only have that person's ministry, if I could only have that person's spouse, if I could only have that person's job, if I can only have that person's looks. And so what you do is you obsess on that and you're distracted instead of seeing what God's given you. He's given you something so special, so unique, so amazing. And guess what? And you, if you're walking in the spirit of God, anointed appointed. There's there's doors that are going to open before you. There's things that God has for your life. There's things that that you can't even imagine that God's going to do. But you got to step into the perfect will of God. You've got to surrender. I've got to surrender. This is all of us. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to all of us. This is from the word of God. Created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit every day of our life. But we've got to have that conviction. We've got to have the conviction, and the conviction comes from being in the secret place. And we've got to be willing to course correct. All these people thinking that, you know, so many people are perfect. This minister is perfect. That minister is perfect. No one's perfect. We've got to be willing to humble ourselves and to course correct. If you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift you up. You know, the Bible talks about pride comes before a fall. We don't want to be walking in pride. If we think we got it all figured out, <clears throat> no, we don't. Create in us a clean heart, Lord. Renew a right spirit. I want to give you an opportunity today. You say, Pastor, my heart's been in the wrong place, and I know it, and I'm listening to this today, and I'm feeling conviction. Look, there is therefore no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. You do not need to be ashamed. But what you do need to do is make sure your heart's in the right place. I need to do that. Don't compare yourself. Don't look at what others have. Don't covet. Don't think you got a bad deal. Thank the Lord for what he's given you. Get into his perfect will. Lord, use me. Lord, I want to be in your perfect will. Thank you for the blessings in my life. Thank you for the things that you've given me, Lord. I don't want to bury these things. I want to use them for your glory, Lord God. If that's you today, just say yes. Yes, Lord. Let my heart be in the right place. I want to be focused on you. I want to be somebody that's committed to you 100% wholeheartedly. Use me, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast on renewing our mind, getting our mind in the right place. You know, if you need to be praying about this, please do take it to the Lord because God wants us to be walking into 2023 from a position of strength, from a position of victory. That's what he has for you. He's got good things in store. Despite what's going on in the world, we're in it, but we're not of it. We operate outside of this world system. Thank God we are a child of the Most High God, and that's available for you, by the way. So we love you and we bless you. PastorTodd.org, PastorTodd.org, and we'll be back next week.